We are still more than 150 days away from MSU football's kickoff, but mm -mm, no, we are still getting down to the nitty-gritty of the defensive line. Keon Coleman, Nathan Carter, the offensive line, and we're doing it with a brilliant football mind, Chase Glasser of Spartans Illustrated. Let's get it popping. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked on Spartans listeners, thank you so much for kicking off your week with us here at Locked on Spartans. That's right, your team in green and white five days a week here in the Locked on Podcast Network. I am joined by this gentleman next to me. His name is Chase Glasser. He does fantastic work at SpartansIllustrated.com. We're going to get into all this in a little bit, but before that, we'll, we'll be a nice host. Uh, hey, how you doing, Chase? We doing okay over there? Doing great, doing great. Okay, we'll see if we could change that in the next 25-ish <laughs> minutes. But uh, yeah, here we go. So before we get into the nitty-gritty of all things football, because that is definitely your expertise, uh, one quick note I want to mention, Kurt Tang. Yes, the six foot three, six foot four, depend what site you look on. Shooting guard out of the East Coast. He is going to be committing on Monday at noon. Um, so, Or if you're a later podcast listener, like you listen while you cook dinner, this thing has already happened on Monday. But yes, Monday at noon, he's down between Rutgers, Providence, and you guys guessed it, your Michigan State Spartans. So keep your eye on that for the top 40 recruits commitment at noon. I really hope it all goes well. Um, Chase, uh, do you want to talk about Kurtang's commitment, or do you just want to you know, talk about what you really are here for, MSU football? <laughs> well, I'm sure he'll be a great player wherever he goes. There but, we go. uh, yeah, it'd be good to see him in the green and white. <laughs> That's the spirit. So if no one is familiar with Chase's work at Spartans Illustrated, uh, let me tell you, you are missing out. He does film room reviews, studies, explainers. He chops up a lot of gifts, and these are awesome because they are at a very high level. You know, this is for the, the nerdiest of football nerds like myself. But also he writes it so well that even someone with a kindergartner's mind like myself can understand everything he's talking about. So he really strikes that sweet spot. Go check them out, Spartans Illustrated. But, Chase, you've written a few of these. you got a Spencer Brown one, Nathan mm -hmm. Carter, Keon Coleman. But the one I want to start off with is the defensive line room for Michigan State. And I thought the way you started this was very interesting because we didn't start off with the players. We started off with the new assistant coach, Dyron Reynolds, uh, who came in from Stanford. What do you got to think – or what do you got to say about him? How do you think he's going to shake things up in this season one for him? Yeah, I mean – I think looking at, at Michigan State for pretty much all of my conscious football watching life, Michigan State's always yeah. had a very good defense. And they've, there's so many great defensive linemen that have come through. It's hard watch. So Deron Reynolds comes over from Stanford. And mm -hmm. Stanford wasn't necessarily a, a great football team. And it, it's hard to watch a, a position group and necessarily see, okay, well, this can be isolated as, as to what the coach does, but you can watch a, a position group and get a pretty good idea. And I think what, when you watch Stanford's defensive line, uh, specifically, I watched their game against, against Notre Dame. So that was okay. um, Midwestern team, uh, a, a style of offense. That's not foreign from us. Um, it's something that's, that's kind of, 
uh, illustrative uh, more broadly. And, and I thought that they were well coached. I mean, what do you really look for is is basic technique and gap integrity. And okay. the players on, on Stanford's defensive line, they generally knew where they were, where they were supposed to be. They didn't get upfield. It looked like they played within the construct of the defense and and they did what they were supposed to do. And they got a win uh, that they weren't expo- expected to get over, over a pretty good Notre Dame team. Right. No, and, not bad uh, at all. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. So, I mean, it's, it's, I think he'll be a good coach. He gets, he gets rave reviews pretty much everywhere. He's been as a great instructor, uh, right. a, a good teacher. And that's what you really want because in college athletics, much more so than the pros, there is an instructive aspect where you have people who come in boys, they leave men. And if he's someone who's able to mold that and, and be instructive, I, I think it's a good hire. Um, it, it's, it's a shame that a position group I think is very deep has taken some of the personnel hits that it has with, right. with Brandon Jordan leaving, um, with with Marco Coleman leaving. But I think that they're in pretty good hands with Reynolds. I would say so too. And even back to his days at Oklahoma, mm-hmm. you got rave reviews from the players. I know Absolutely. that fan base uh, was pretty upset when he left for mm-hmm. Stanford. I mean, not upset at him, but they were just heartbroken. Like, oh, we let a good one get mm-hmm. away. But so yeah, you do lose some with Marco Coleman, Brandon Jordan, but I mean, hey, Dyron Reynolds, uh, you're next up, and your explainer really, you know, I, I always thought highly of him going in, but reading mm-hmm. what you had wrote that helps a lot. We got another newcomer, a new face for the defensive line as well, and let's get down to the players here, and we're going to start it off with, okay, here we go, <laughs> Tunisi Adelaide. Mm-hmm. That's that's how we're going to go with it right now. The Texas A&M transfer, the former five-star recruit, mm-hmm. um, I think said his name right there. No one has corrected me on that. And maybe it's because no one else is confident, but if I'm <laughs> off there, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I got you sold on it. Everyone knows who I'm talking about. And that's <laughs> kind of the, the, the goal here, but what do you do with him? Like, cause he can play a little differently. Uh, he can go inside. He can yeah. go outside. I heard some whispers on that. Hey, yeah, he has it in him to play linebacker too. I don't think that'll be the case, but w- mm-hmm. what do you do with such a talent? Such as Yeah. Kid? I mean, I, I love that. If you're a defensive coordinator, you love that because though we haven't seen it necessarily from Hazleton, there's a lot of stuff you can do. You can go to an odd front, you know, something like a five, mm-hmm. you can have him play in a three technique and, with someone who's that rangy, uh, you see Michigan do it with Jalen Harrell. You line him up on the edge okay. and then he drops off into coverage. Uh, they've done that with a few other guys, some of those kind of in-betweener types that can play a variety of different positions. Uh, you can use a guy like that in a variety of ways uh, to, to keep defenses guessing, have, her, have him cover the hook curl, do a, do a couple different things. But I think he's probably going to be best just put him on the edge, uh, put him outside okay. a tackle and let him tear. Um, but you know, uh, positional versatility is so important, um, in football, maybe a little less so in college football, just because you have a much bigger roster than you do in the NFL. Sure. But a guy like that's going to give you coverage ability, uh, at least in, in, in some parts. Um, and if you can have a, an edge that can drop out and cover the flat and then you can bring a corner off, off the edge or, or some, somebody on a replacement blitz, there's a lot of things that you can do with that. So that's never a bad thing. I think he's going to be a good presence off the edge. With that ranginess, I'd imagine him probably to align to the field uh, a little more than the boundary just because he kind of has that ranginess. He can get out, he can cover a screen, can cover a stretch, something like that. And, you know, you guys obviously um, are breaking down all the film from last season. So mm-hmm. let's start talking about the guys from last year. I mean, we got Chris Bogle. We got mm-hmm. Derek Harmon, Simeon yep. Barrow, Maverick Hansen, Avery Dunn, Zion Young. I mean, there, there were a lot of guys that got some playing time, you know, whether it was because, hey, they were good enough to play or everyone was just dying throughout the season <laughs> on the field. Uh, it was just <laughs> it was just bodies everywhere. But yeah. regardless, everyone got a lot of reps. Is, is oh, yeah. there anyone that sticks out the most to you as like, oh, yeah, this is the guy that's going to make some hay? Is it just as easy as Harmon and Barrow, or is there someone in that too deep that you have your eye on? 
I mean, I think I think the interior of Michigan State's defensive line is going to be outstanding. And and, and yeah. with that, yeah, you look at Harmon, you look at Barrow. I think both those guys are going to be monsters. Um, I like I like Alex Van Sumeren. Um, I, okay. I knew I knew his brother uh, a little bit when when he uh, went went to school with him for a bit down gotcha. the road, and then uh, he was friend of a friend. And, and I know he he was really excited about what what his brother could do. Obviously, he's coming in as, as a young kid, but. I, I would not be surprised to see somebody like him, a uh, high four-star, be able to play. Um, I, I'm really excited about Barrow. Uh, I, I think he's just a tremendous player. I think he plays with violence. He has good pad level. Uh, he's able to cover multiple gaps. Um, you see, When you see somebody on the interior of a defensive line beating a guard to the inside um, and, and just blowing up an A-gap, yeah. I mean, that is, that's one of the best things that you can have as a defensive coordinator just because so much of – especially – Looking in the Big Ten, uh, not so much Ohio State, but you look at Iowa, you look at Michigan, um, look at Illinois. So much of what they do is based off of a gap power. And if you can have just a big body like a like a Harmon, like a Barrow, you put him in at yep. three tech, have him have him knife inside. You can disrupt so much. Um, I, I think those guys are going to be um, really good uh, in, in in kind of the scheme that they run. Um, excited to see some of the young guys come in by Job, Andrew to Pepe. Um, yep. don't know how much they're necessarily going to play, but, uh, there's depth there. I think with, with what you see with Michigan state having to run so many guys out there on defense last year, um, I think 27 defensive starters, that is obscene, but you have oh so God. much, we do have a lot of development. Um, Zion Young yeah. was really forced into it, uh, into playing early because of injury, but he got better because of it. You had people kind of in a perverse sort of way develop on all three levels of the defense right. because of just the insane amount of injuries. And Avery Dunn was one guy that I saw, you know, came along well at yep. the end of the season. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm not saying, you know, oh, that's a first team all big tenor, but like that's going to be a great depth piece for absolutely. the defensive line. Yeah, I think that there is one big name we haven't gotten to just yet that I want to get to in a hot second. But Chase, this is what we call a tease mm-hmm. in the podcast industry. I'm trying to get a little better at this. Um, <laughs> but yes, but first, we need to talk to people's ear off about Fan Duel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook, and it is still the number one time of year to get in on the action. Someone's cutting down some nets tonight. You want to go bet on that? We'll do so at FanDuel and also in a few days here. Masters. We're in full swing with the Masters. That's right. Tony Finau at 32-1 is a bet I already placed on FanDuel. That's right. America's number one sports book. And if you're a new customer this time of year, well, it gets even sweeter for you because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and sign up today and claim your no-sweat first bet. Wager on everything from money line, point spread, which team is going to be cutting down the net. Make one of those same-game parlays. It's all on an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use, so do not miss your shot at the no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. And let's get Chase Glasser back on the podcast here. Is your day still going great? Has anything changed uh, in that minute or no? Oh, something, okay that's, something that's very, very happy. Funny uh, happened. Uh, oh, with, no. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I am hearing that, that uh, Hunter Dickinson entered the transfer portal uh, or is expected to. Jeff Goodman uh, tweeted that out. So that's very funny uh, at the time of the recording. Uh, that, I'm sorry. That, I'm, so, I'm sorry. What? Yeah, <laughs> sorry. I, what? I, I just saw a tweet uh, when you were doing the ad read that Hunter Dickinson is transferring. Um, which is very funny. So if you guys Whoa. don't don't know me, I, I I did go to the University of Michigan. Uh, I am a, a Michigan football fan of a very 
ironic relationship with Michigan basketball uh, in that yeah. I, I just find it very funny. And, and I guess my initial thought is, is anybody going to like this guy? Because nobody liked him outside of Michigan. And, and, sure, and now, right. It, it, I, this is very – just an ontologically funny uh, uh, Oh, my occurrence. God. Yeah. yeah that's, like, uh, I heard one whisper that he's going to go to Georgetown, and I took it with a great assault. <laughs> I was like, yeah, DMV kid, sure. sure like, fine, yeah. I guess. But, Wow. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, we're getting way off the page. I'm, I'm sorry. Thank you for that news, though. By the time people listen to this, I mean, peek behind the curtain here. It, it is Friday afternoon, as you probably figured out, everyone. But um, wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. What, what? That's right. That's okay. Okay. Football. I was going to tease. So my head is spinning right now. Good player, <laughs> uh, good so player that we were going to talk about oh, after so the, uh, the ad read. Yeah. One. Actually, speaking speaking of guys in the transfer portal, let's talk about someone that MSU got in the transfer portal sure. last year who probably won't be on the defensive line this year, and that is one Jacoby Winman. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Mel Tucker pretty much has said himself that yeah, he will be playing linebacker this yep. season. Do you agree with that? Like, is is that a good call? You think? Because in my opinion, yeah, that's probably yep. a safe home for him. Uh, how about you? Yeah. So I mean, I, I think there's a couple things you look at. Um, he he did really well coming off the edge against. Um, Western, I mean, he was a monster. And then, and then again, against Akron. But his production off the edge dropped precipitously once they hit conference play. And that's not necessarily his fault. I mean, he was playing at UNLV. Mm-hmm. You're not playing against the type of tackles that you play against in the Big Ten. You know, so you get a guy like that, you slim him down. Because he played linebacker and filled in pretty serviceably um, uh, while playing yeah. at a defensive end's weight. You know, so yes. <laughs> so you put him back in the middle of the defense. All of a sudden, you're looking at a pretty promising linebacker level. Uh, you think you get Snow healthy. You get you get um, him in there and, and, and a few other guys that are going to be pretty darn good. Uh, and then all of a sudden, with what we've talked about with, with some of the guys on the defensive line, uh, that, that front seven of the defense is looking pretty solid. And, you know, I, looking at it, last year uh, – in my opinion, and, and people have looked into this, putting the numbers aside a little bit because of the strength of schedule, University of Michigan had one of their worst years uh, from a pure pass rush perspective since Richrod. But it didn't matter because okay. they had a really good secondary, right? Sure, now, Michigan that helps. State, yeah. there's, been, there's been some struggles that we've had in the secondary. It's but, the opposite. <laughs> yeah, but if you, have, if you have a really good pass rush, if you're getting in the quarterback's face, it doesn't matter as much. So you hope you have a really strong front seven that can mitigate uh, some of the issues um, – that, that could pop up in the, in the secondary and we'll be doing a, a, a deep dive in the secondary as this, as the spring and summer goes sure. on. But yeah, I, I think Winman dropping back to linebacker is going to be great. Um, and also he's going to be big enough where, yeah, you can have him pop down and take on a pulling guard. Right. And, and that's not going to be an issue, but I, I think he's going to be a good fit on that kind of middle level of the defense. Um, maybe not going to be your prototypical coverage guy, but you've got Darius snow for that. And, and I think against the run, he'll be great. Uh, especially yeah. with some of these, power running attacks that, that Michigan State's going to see next year, I think he's going to be great, not just as a package guy, but pretty much an every down, especially first two down uh, guy. Yeah, and like just as far as linebacker pass coverage goes, like I, th- the bar is pretty low for based off <laughs> last year too. So like I, like that, it's like oh he's not great at pass coverage. Like oh, okay, we're used to that. That's fine. <laughs> but no, hopefully Darius Snow comes back healthy. Aaron Brule is healthy the entire yeah. season. Like mm-hmm. he does an adequate mm-hmm. job. So yeah, we'll see. But I, I love the way this conversation is going because there's optimism here. You know, we just talked Absolutely. about a great position group. This is fantastic. And you've also done film studies on two other guys that we could be optimistic about on the other side of the ball. We're talking offense. We're talking neon Keon Coleman. We're talking Nathan Carter. Let's start with the neon man himself. Mm -hmm. Um, You did a great write-up on him. 
we think the world of Keon Coleman, I, yeah. I think he's a lovely player. He's awesome to watch. Mm-hmm. With that said, though, let, let's let's you know turn this on a 180. What what weakness does he have in his game? You think? Let's uh, let's level set here, and then we'll break him down to build him up for this conversation. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So I, I mean, he's a superlative receiver. I think he's going to be great. And, and honestly, mm-hmm. uh, a couple people pointed this out when I posted that column, uh, which I, I do think is quite good um, on on Coleman. That a lot of the issues that he has. Uh, could well be mitigated with a, a, an offseason of not having to juggle being a, a Division one athlete for two different teams. That right? hurts, right, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and a lot of that is, it's just the finer points of being a wide receiver. The, the physical talent is beyond reproach. He is superlatively talented, uh, and, and we'll get to all that. But you see mm-hmm. imprecision in his route running, I think is the biggest thing. So, there's times where he gets rerouted. Uh, you're running a drag route across the middle, and and he gets knocked off his route by a okay. linebacker, right? And because that's legal, you can drop off and you can smash mm-hmm. a guy who's coming across. You know, if you're within three five yards of the line of scrimmage, um, you can't get rerouted because especially if you're coming across the middle, a guy that sure-handed, uh, that big, that strong, he's going to be an outlet for whoever the quarterback's going to be. Um, and and if the timing is messed up a little bit. And, and all of a sudden people aren't where they're supposed to be, that's an issue. So he's got to be a little bit better with that. Okay. Um, I think uh, it just, it's really route running, I think is the biggest thing. Um, getting a little more polished on his releases. Um, he doesn't create separation with his routes. And kind of sure. as we turn into what's good about him, most of the time that doesn't really matter. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah. he is, is so physical. I mean, a lot of his routes, you look at him on fades and he almost just is, is kind of leaning into the, into the cornerback and then turning his body and making a catch almost like a box out, which I mean, that makes sense, right? He's a basketball player. Yeah. Um, but you want to see next year, he's, he's going to be drawing the number one corner uh, from every team that they play and probably yep. a, a shaded safety as well. So, Precision route running is going to be very important. You want to create separation uh, with your routes. And then you can use another aspect of his game is, is the yards after catch. There's a clip in there where Coleman has just mastered this little, very subtle push off at the, at the top of routes. It almost yes. never gets called. It will yes. always draw a, a hilarious reaction from a, a cornerback, but it will virtually never get called. I think he only got called uh, for OPI once or twice last season. Okay. Uh, and once was just because he did it in the end zone right in front of a ref and the guy's helmet comes off. Right. So, yeah. but, yeah. but he's, he's uh, aligned to the boundary. He's going against DJ Turner. It's Michigan's number one corner. And he, he runs just, just a, a pretty simple stick route and, and pushes off a little bit at, at the top of the route, comes back to the ball, catches it. And then you watch him, he turns up field and he just completely outruns DJ Turner, who, you know, ostensibly ran the fastest for, fastest 40 time of anybody in the draft. Right. So, I mean, the physical tools are, are remarkable. If you clean up the route running a little bit, he's so good. You can really see him make some hay over the middle of the field. You put him in the seam against the safety, forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, what is it that is going to put him above like the other team's number one corner? Because, you know, we just talked about that, you know, he's got that nice little move mm-hmm. at the top right there. He's got great breakaway speed. And also too, I go to that quote last year where he said, I don't do 50, 50 balls yeah. to me. They're what do you say? They're like 90, 10 balls or 100% right. balls. And yeah. like at the time it's like, Oh, that's great. You love a wide receiver with confidence. Ha yeah. ha. That's a good one. And then throughout the season, it's like, 
oh my, that he wasn't doing a bit. That he wasn't kidding. <laughs> that was serious. Right. Like, like, so what? What is it that makes him just so strong against even top flight corners? That you yeah, I mean, it's just it's year? it's uh, you know, kind of physiologically. I, I don't know. It's just he, he's a grown ass man. I mean, he really yeah. is. And and I think yeah. the biggest thing is even uh, DJ Turner is a good corner, but I think he was only sure. six foot. Right. So it's, it's okay. just, you can have, you can have the best technique, you can have the best leverage, you can have the best alignment and it just doesn't matter. You know, the, it, when it's going to be, I, I, that Michigan game next year is going to be really interesting just because um, their number one corner is going to be Will Johnson. And he's huge. Yep. He's, he's a big kid and, and Coleman's huge. But it's, if you look at their playing weight, I mean, I, I think Coleman's probably gonna have 20 pounds on him when they play that game. And that matters when you're, when you're going up and you're, you're trying to box somebody out for a jump ball. That matters, and I, I think it's going to be fascinating to see um, him go against kind of those bigger, stronger corners. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that there's a lot of them in the Big Ten. Uh, uh, it just it just depends on on personnel. It depends on matchups. But he's just so physical. His jumping ability is so good. He times the ball in the air extraordinarily well. Where it's just it's just it, it, he this the, the ability to track the ball. So I, I was not good at football. I played in high played was an operative term. I was on the team uh, in, in high school. Same. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. He's a wide receiver, and man, it's hard tracking the ball in the air, especially when we have somebody trying to trying to prevent you from catching it. He is yeah. so good at at almost contorting his body 180 degrees to catch a ball and then remain on his feet and and run a guy over or, or keep going. Um, for yards after catch, you just, you put all that together in the complete package. You, you kind of put it in the oven for another year. I, I think he's going to be an absolute monster. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see him, uh, just what he's able to do because I, he's going to be a security blanket. He's going to be a focal yeah. point. Um, very excited to see what he can do. He's going to be that guy where, you know, it's the meme you always see on the internet, like, Oh, F it. It's blank is exactly. down there yes. somewhere. And yes. like, it'll be Keon Coleman is down there somewhere. Uh, so Correct. from, one offensive weapon to another. Uh, you did a great piece on Nathan Carter mm-hmm. as well. Um, and what I actually, you know, before we get to this, I need to clear something up. I said last week, I talked about Jay Johnson. He talked about running backs. And I started it with Jalen Berger's probably got the starting role locked mm-hmm. up. It'll be interesting to see who's behind him. I That is probably just false. Um, I, I'd like to walk that back. I think Nathan <laughs> Carter could be competing for a starting role here um, after Seeing the film breakdown mm-hmm. after hearing, you know, a little bit of uh, whispers from inside the practice yeah. room. Um, so, yeah, I, that was Aaronis last week. So I just wanted to cover uh, or clear that up. And also one thing, too, is that not only are you educating people with, with the film reviews and everything like this, but um, you also have a little bit of humor slash like just brutal honesty because you wrote, <laughs> quote, he displays an ability to run through initial contact, which is something one would have to get very good at behind UConn's offensive line. <laughs> Which I got to chuckle at, and then I realized, like, it's actually probably it's very true, unfortunately. Yeah, you're getting, a, you're getting a lot of free hitters there. You're, uh, <laughs> you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was great at yards after contact, and there was no shortage of opportunity for that over at UConn, which I got to say had a fine season. The case they, they made a yeah. bowl game. Save yeah. all your jokes, everyone. Like, they, they, at the end of the day, it's still UConn, and you'd it's hope that MSU would have a better offensive line this year. So, um, yeah. What? Yeah sticks out the most about Nathan Carter's game for you? Is it just that, uh, you know, b- breaking contact ability or is it something that's even deeper than that? No, I mean, I mean, I, I think he's a nice back. Um, he, you know, you talked about, well, who's going to be the starting running back and what does that right. mean? Right. Because uh, last year, I mean, Berger, um, Collins, uh, and, yep. and Broussard, they all got touches. So whoever yep. is, is one a and one B they're going to get packages. They're going to get touches. Um, I, I think, uh, 
Carter's a very interesting back. Uh, the first thing that stands out is he's fast, right? And, and mm-hmm. he got hurt. I, I think he was out for the season about halfway through their game against Michigan last year. Um, and, and he's very much, uh, I think, ingratiated himself to the fan base, talking about, well, they knocked me out for the season, so I, I'm well acquainted with that school down there. That I want to get my yep. get back, you know? So, yep. <laughs> so, so the mindset's there, right? Um, but uh, he's fast. I mean, he, he's a fast back, um, and, and Michigan State runs a lot of zone, right? Uh, just kind of mm-hmm. schematically, you're running outside zone, you're running inside zone, and a lot of that is, can I get to where I want to go before the defender can, right? It's not so much, well, I'm going to, we're going to run duo, we're going to double the, 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 the defensive tackles, and I'm going to pick a gap, and that, no, it's, it's just student body left, and, and you got to get there faster than the other guy, and I think he's going to be able to do that. He's slippery, um, has a good cutback ability. And this isn't to say it's hard to prognosticate what it looks like when he's not just getting – you don't have two games of film against Michigan, Syracuse, yeah. and I think Utah State. Uh, but right. um, you don't know what, it, what it's going to look like when he's consistently playing against high-level competition. But I, there, there's tools there. He's fast. Um, he can jitterbug. You know, He can bounce off a guy's good contact. And you can also catch the ball. And that's something that we've seen uh, with Jay Johnson is if you have a guy who can catch the ball – I mean. Berger's not necessarily great at that, but he was getting flare routes. He was getting screens. Yep. He was getting Texas routes. And I think you're certainly going to see that from Berger because, I mean, you, you see that in, in games. Um, I mean, God, I saw uh, Michigan and, and Washington really isolated MSU's linebackers in coverage last year. And it's hard. If you're a linebacker, it's hard, especially in the Big yeah. Ten. Uh, unless you're playing Maryland or maybe Ohio State, you're going to be focused on the run first. If you're matched up with a, a running back coming out of the backfield, you're probably misaligned, right? You don't have the leverage that you need to because you're trying to get into a run fit. Um, and then all of a sudden, you got to cover a guy who's much faster than you, almost invariably. I, I yeah. think he's going to be a weapon out of the backfield. So, so he has that aspect to his game too, um, including catching the ball in traffic, right? Not just okay, there's nobody down. I'm going to everybody's downfield. I'm going to check it to a guy two yards downfield and have him fall forward. It, it goes a little bit deeper than that. In, in okay. He has legitimate, what I would think is legitimate route running ability. Uh, so he's certainly going to get his next year. And, you know, to put a bow on this whole thing, we got to talk about, you know, the hogs in the trenches, the oh, yeah. offensive linemen. Uh, you did a piece on Spencer Brown mm-hmm. as well. What do you, what do you do with Spencer Brown? Uh, because he was, he was fine. Yeah. Last year. He yeah. was fine. You know, but mm-hmm. you also have Brandon Baldwin, uh, JD yep. Duplain, Nick Samak, yep. they're going to be in the middle, but like, yeah. With Keyshawn Blackstock coming in, that's yes. the interesting yes. thing. Like, does that mean Spencer Brown lost his right tackle spot? Is Keyshawn Blackstock going to step in there? Like, yeah, it's, is it's Blackstock fun. inside? Like, what do you do with right, Spencer Brown? Right. Well, and and I don't I don't know. So right. I, I actually <laughs> think I don't know. Um, I, I love the offensive line. I love watching good offensive line play. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's so fun and such a, such an integral part of the game. I think. Brown could be, and this is it all. I don't know. I, I don't pretend to know what goes on. Um, all I know is just kind of what I'm able to see and try to flesh out and, and no idea whether, what, what that means, but I think Brown could be a guy that moves inside. Uh, and, and this is okay. it's not necessarily because I think, Oh, well, he's, he's made to be a guard. He's got a, a, a fine frame to be a tackle, mm-hmm. but I, I have a sneaking suspicion that he has short arms. Um, in watching the film, the biggest thing to me that stood out was when he contacts a guy, he's fine. You know, he is a, a well above replacement tackle, but he struggled to contact and main, he struggled to, to initiate and maintain contact okay. on guys. So when you're a tackle and you're going against all these speed rushers, the, these guys were just tearing off the edge. A lot of times it looked like he almost couldn't get his hands on people where he set up. Well, he clearly knows what he was. There were some times where he got confused, you know, zone blocking. He's kind of running around trying to find someone to block. 
That'll okay. happen. You get another year older, another year in the offense. You know, it, th- these things happen. But it, I really think he, he when he latched onto somebody, he was fine. But it's just that making and maintaining of contact he struggled with. And if you're inside, just necessarily, you're going to be going up against someone who's, first of all, they're not from a two-point stance. They're from a three-point stance. They're a three-technique. They're five-technique. They're one-technique. It's, it's just easier. There's a shorter range of space to get on a guy. And, and I think that that had helped him make initial contact. Um, Cause once, once he gets onto you, I mean, he's a big, strong kid. That is mm-hmm. very clear. I don't know if they necessarily want somebody that tall playing inside. I mean, you got, right. that's, that's something they have to figure out internally. Um, but I, I would be surprised if, and, and we may never know if this happens, but throughout the course of fall camp, especially if black Sox playing well, if he doesn't mm-hmm. at least get a look at guard, now, a totally different position, totally different responsibilities, everything like that. But um, I think some of the issues that I saw with him maintaining contact would be alleviated with him moving inside. Doesn't necessarily mean he's going to move inside or he's going to even sure. be good inside, but it's a possibility. It's just exciting to be talking about healthy offensive linemen too in the spring. Certainly, yes. over here yes, in East Lansing. Like, what a, what a change of pace this has been. Um, yeah. yeah, this this was great. You know what? Not, not not a lot of episodes where we talk football the entire time and it's just optimism from wire to wire coming off of a five and seven season. But you know what? It's spring. Spring is in the air. Optimism is in the air and we are starting our ascent to just absolutely hammering the over on the win total with all of our mortgage payments. What a way to start this. Let's go. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We are absolutely. Back, baby. I mean, I mean quite frankly, I, with, I, I would like to thank, given my background, I have a, a, a generally unbiased, well, maybe biased yeah. in a different direction. But I think Michigan State's going to be fine. I, I really do. I, okay. I see you're in group chats, you're on Twitter, whatever. You see people, oh, Michigan State's winning four games. I don't see it. I, I, I genuinely okay. think, I think Michigan State's going to win at least eight games, I, seven, eight games. I think at the end of the season, Michigan State fans are going to be like, all right, we're on the right track. I really, I don't see it. I don't see the bottom falling out. I really don't. I think, um, you know, Michigan State just fired the recruiting coordinator coming off of one of the better classes in school. Yeah. Right? So it's like <laughs> yep. there is talent there. There's talent percolating. Uh, this was always going to be a process. And I just I, I think Michigan State's going to be fine. I don't see people talking when, when people are talking about disaster, things like that. Yeah, it could it happen. Sure. But I, I think Michigan State's going to broadly be fine. Um, and then, you know, you look down the road in 2025, maybe 2024, things could get interesting, right? And yeah. um, with where the program was coming from, um, I mean, a, a frank admission that, I mean, Mark D'Antonio, I think, is is one of the two or the three best coaches that have ever come oh. out of the state of Michigan. You know, Love he, the guy. what he did uh, with, with quarters match, I mean, he just had the Big Ten fooled for, for about 10 years. But, I mean, we all know what happened towards the end of his tenure. And not good. <laughs> um, depth matters in college football. And even if you look at what Michigan State did, bringing in a lot of preferred walk on guys, it's just it's depth. It means you're yeah. taking less hits in practice. It's just more bodies. Um, it's a process. And, and I think broadly, Michigan State will probably be fine. I, I needed to hear that. I needed to hear that more more than you know. I, seven or eight wins. I'll I'll see you guys in Nashville for the Music City Bowl, which <laughs> might as well be Pasadena for me. Huh? <laughs> Coming off last season, so no, that's uh, that's just what the doctor ordered out, man. This is awesome. Um, whether you like it or not, Chase, I'm going to try to have you on the show more. Uh, I, that's, that sounds great. Sorry. I'd love to be here. The calendar. And if you want more of this great insight against Spartans Illustrated, go subscribe. A lot of great work, not just from Chase, but the whole gang over there. So yes, gang. Uh, Hop on over, Spartans Illustrated. Thanks a ton, Chase, for all your insight and your time as well, and uh, and also for the breaking Hunter Dickinson news. What a, well, what I, a I hope it. I hope, I, 
I, I selfishly just because I, 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 um, I, I hope it's true. You know, we could be on Monday thinking, oh, you know, it, it, but I mean, I saw a tweet from Goodman and my buddy who's a manager's, you know, uh, oh, no. going on about it. So it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's very funny. I'm, I'm very done with the basketball program. I, I, okay. did not, Good. I didn't, I didn't want Juwan hired. I, I really didn't. I, I, yeah. you know, I have a lot of thoughts and that's a whole different podcast, but uh, very, that'd be funny. a fun one too, uh, though. Very yeah. funny. I, I hope it turns out to be true. Um, very, mm-hmm. very funny. Well, it's true or not. What an entertainment. Uh, <laughs> what, what entertainment for a half hour here. Uh, yeah, so thanks a ton. Thanks everyone else. Uh, we'll, Hey, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll be breaking down uh, Kirk Tang's, his commitment. Now, will it be to Michigan State or not? Who's to say? But we'll break it down regardless whatever happens on a whole other green and white news. Until then, hey, let's all go enjoy our weeks. Love you all. Go green.